All right. Well, hey, everybody, I'm Duke Lamastra, and you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm uh, joined today by my friend, David Hoflane. We're going to jump into an interview here in just a second. Just before we jump into it, I want to tell you about my brand new online media platform. It's called Simple Power Media. You can find it at simplepowermedia.com. And that's just a, a sort of a hub for just all of my online content, all related to helping you experiencing the presence and power of God in your life in personal ways and practical ways, just going deeper in your walk with the Lord. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm joined today by David Hoflane. David is a pastor with United with Christ Church. Love that name. But uh, he's also the dean at United with Christ School of Ministry. And uh, he's a husband and he's an awesome guy and somebody who was uh, just really honestly influential in my life early on in ministry, especially related to beginning to move in the supernatural and the power of God, but more specifically in hearing God's voice. David, really appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much for being here. How are you doing today? Oh, hey, Duke. I'm doing great. Hey, it's such an honor to be here with you and uh, reconnecting and... uh... Thank you for your kind words. You know, it's I'm really excited to to talk today and discuss stuff. And I love your podcast, man. I really I love the, the title, Simple Power, and uh, teaching people how to live from the presence and power of God as citizens of heaven, sons and daughters. It should be our it's our it's our home culture, and so yeah. to be fluent in God's presence and power. And I love that what you're doing, and uh, I'm excited for what we're going to talk about. So good. Well, the honor's mine, man. And I really, again, appreciate you carving some time out and being here. I know it's going to add a lot of value. My conviction is that life with Jesus is supernatural, you know, because we are supernatural beings. We're spirit beings. We're created in his image. And it's yeah, not so- something that so many times we think that it's reserved for people that are in ministry or for like a few elite people, but it's really not reserved for anybody. It's for anybody that wants it. And to me, it's the normal Christian life. It's what Jesus came to model to us. It's the nature of who the Father is. So about 10 years ago, you and I met. We were both Elam people, recently out of Elam, uh, Elam Bible Institute, Elam Bible Institute in college, I think it's called now, up in Lima, New York. You came to uh, visit Morelia, Michoacan, Mexico, which is where Denise and I were um, just serving as missionaries. And uh, we were working in, in the ministry down there, working in the house of prayer. And you came down to, to visit down there. You were there for three weeks and you stayed with us. And during that time, man, I just saw some stuff modeled in your life. It wasn't you trying to outwardly teach anything or anything like that. You were just modeling this lifestyle of believing God for crazy things and for supernatural and for hearing his voice. And that was something that just spoke to me so much because it was something that I had struggled with in my life and just sort of living with you and, and going through life with you for that few weeks, it made me hungry for so much more. And it showed me that there's so much more available. And I remember, I don't know if you would remember this or not, but there was one night where we were in church. It was a pretty awesome worship night. And I, don't, I guess I had had a conversation with you and I had told you that my, my heart, it would race. Think it was anxiety it was stuff like that going on and i remember this one night you you just you laid hands on my chest and just began to just release healing over me do you remember that 
like literally i just felt like everything just like slowed down mm. all of the, the the craziness it just felt like there was turmoil inside of me mm. and it literally it all just slowed down in that moment and i just i learned from you so much just in that couple of weeks that we were together just by seeing you model this stuff in in practical and authentic ways oh thanks man that thanks for sharing that that's that's my greatest joy in life is is just blessing people and blessing you and it was just um, meeting you as an encouragement to me. I'm so glad that you got touched by the Lord. Like, it's so cool to hear. I didn't know all of that actually. So that's encourages me today. Thank you. It's awesome. I remember there was this one night you were looking for me. You didn't know where I was. We, we had gotten, you know, separated at the church or whatever. And you were looking for me at the church. I remember like you showing up at the house. You were like, yeah, I, j- I just asked the Holy spirit is Duke here. And he was like, no. So I came home. And I remember thinking about that, like, yo, hold on a second. I had no concept of that personally, of God just speaking to us in such like personal ways and such practical ways. And I flash on that moment, honestly, often in my life. And if I lose something, I'm looking for something and I'm, t- I'm going crazy trying to find something. I just realized, oh, wait, God knows where it is. I'm like, all right, Lord, show me where I left my keys. And so many times, bro, honestly, it's just like immediately, like I could be looking for something for 20 minutes, not even thinking about it. And then within 10 seconds of asking God, all right, Holy Spirit, where is this thing? And, and literally he just shows it to me. It happens over and over again. I remember one night I was at the mall with my wife and we had gotten separated. One of us didn't have a phone. Either way, I couldn't call her. I didn't know where she was. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to practice this thing. And so I was like, I was in my car because I didn't even know which section of the mall. Like I had no idea where she was. And so I was in my car driving around from like one side of the mall to the other. And I was just like, literally, I was just in the car, just kind of having a conversation with Jesus. And I'm like, all right, Lord, show me where my wife is. Is she over here? No. Is she over here? No. It's like, go over here. And like, I literally, the the first place I, I drove to this one particular department store section of the mall. And I walked in and found her right away. Sometimes you just have to get out there and just practice this stuff because God is so real and he's so practical. Now it's something that was just really beautifully modeled from you to me um, early on in my ministry that just, again, it made me hungry that, that God wants to really have that ongoing conversation with you. He wants to have intimate conversations with you and, and just in everyday life and not just for when you have to make a big, huge decision about who you're going to marry and where you're going to go to school and what kind of career to go after. Like all that stuff is great. But when you cultivate hearing the voice of God, just in those, in the personal way, in those intimate conversations and just talking to him and recognizing that he's talking back to you and he's speaking to you, his voice is always toward you. It makes the big picture decision that you have to make. It makes it so much, so much easier and more restful because you've cultivated just that lifestyle uh, of in your own, you know, that culture in your own life of communicating right. with God that way. I, uh, I picked that stuff up from you. It's been so foundational for me, for my, for my life. So thank you. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. And, you know, hearing, hearing God, um, having conversations with God is the great, the great passion and pleasure of my life. Um, you know, Jesus makes it really plain. He says, my sheep, my sheep hear my voice right? And I call them by name. And so as a sheep, as a child of God, you know, we're, yeah, we're hearing God's voice is something that's a, a innate ability we have as believers. And it's also a learned ability. So I, I can innately through my spirit birth through 
how God's created and wired me, I can hear him, but I can also learn how to hear him more clearly and follow the shepherd's voice more uh, faithfully. And, and I think that there's really, it's going to sound maybe a little extreme, but there's no such thing as discipleship without hearing God's voice. Wow. I mean, otherwise it's just no different than any other religion of rule following and, and rule memorization. Wow. what makes it different is that we have a relation conversational relationship with the living God. And so even Jesus, you see him, he says to the disciples, this is why he says it in John like 14, he says, it's better for you that I go away. And they're like, maybe it was 16. They're like, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah, like, man. There's no way that's a good idea. But he's like, it's better for you. I go away. I'll send the, the, the counselor, the spirit. And, and what he means is, you know, I want all of you to have this. I only say and do. And what I see the father saying and doing, relationship you're going to have it through the holy spirit i want that for you and so he had vision for them to have this conversational relationship with the father much like he did and he wasn't satisfied with them just being his follow around disciples you know it's funny there's another fun offensive thing that i think that it's really helped me though you know we're we're not disciples we're sons (laughs) what i mean is we're sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ is what it says in Galatians 3, 26. So we're sons and daughters by faith in Christ. Discipleship is a process more than an identity, right? So I'm being discipled as a son by the son, Jesus. A disciple is only my title in that it's what I'm doing. It's how I'm growing. I'm I'm a learner, but who I actually am is a son of a father. And so I, I used to think like, oh, I'm a sinner, or, or I'm, I'm just a disciple and all these excuses to not enjoy the richness and the, the blessings and the privileges of kingdom life. But now that I like more and more, I realize, wow, I am a son. Christ lives within me. Like the DNA of my father is with Christ is within me. Wow. All this is like should become normal. Like my whole life should be oriented around it. So that's why I love your podcast. I love what you're saying. I love your heart. It's because it's it's the whole ball of wax. Like everything else flows out of that. Um, I think it was Francis Schaeffer who said that um, he took people. He was this like great Christian philosopher, and he took people to the the top of one of the Swiss Alps that he lived near. As he loved hiking, he lived in the Swiss Alps, and he took me to the top and he said, do you see this? This is where uh, the watershed happens. If it rains on this side of the mountain, it mm. flows into one river. If it rains on this side of the mountain, the water flows into another river. Mm. And uh, hearing God's voice and choosing to obey it is a watershed moment in our life. If we, there's the rain of God, the word of God comes, it's not going to return void, but we have a choice of, are we going to receive it and, and obey, or are we going to... Uh, ignore it, doubt it, uh, not process it, not say yes to it, and and it's it's going to flow or flow off of us, and it's not going to wow. have the effect yeah. uh, that it could have otherwise. And so, just I just is that simple training. Just I hear him. I'm saying yes. I'm doing it. That's the whole Christian life. It's it's not yeah. rocket science. Yeah, man, I love that so much. I I think that the identity issue of it is so foundational. Um, because when we do, when we really recognize that we are his sons and daughters, that we're his kids, that we belong to him. Um, I heard a, I heard a pastor, it was probably Bill Johnson. He said the disciples belonged before they believed. He called them out and he called out these fishermen and, you know, Mm -hmm. Matthew, the tax collector, he he called out these people 
that were in life, you know, caught up in life, going through life. And he calls them out and he says, come and follow me. And they drop what they were doing and they, and they go and they follow Jesus. And then they're in this process of three years, you know, three and a half years with Jesus of discovering who he is. A good way is into it. Peter, we see Peter have this revelation of you are the Christ, the son of the living God, you know? And it, and it's just like going through this process of discovering, like knowing, okay, there's something different about this guy. Like, oh, he does things that no one else can do. Only you have the words of life. Going through this process of, of discovering more and more who he is, but coming into their identity of sons and daughters of God. But it wasn't from the very beginning. Like they didn't have a full weight of understanding and everything else. And I just think that that's so... It's, it reveals the heart of the, of the Father for us that even before we have perfect theology, which after all these years, I still don't have perfect theology, uh, but, but even, even after we have, you know, we get everything right and we get all this stuff fixed in our lives and we, you know, stop putting our foot in our mouth so much and we learn how to actually care for people and all of that stuff. So many times we do it, we want to do it backwards or we think that it's backwards and it's, I got to have this right in my life and this has to be in order and I got to figure this out. I got to spend this much time, but God just, he loves us. He accepts us full weight of acceptance from the very beginning with no hesitation, with no, I I call it a probationary period. Like there's no probation with God. It's not, (laughs) he doesn't wait for you to prove yourself before, you know, you really get to be in and part of the family. Like it's, everything it's the full weight of who he is he lives inside of you from the very moment that you accept him and uh, I just I love what John chapter 1 verse 12 says as many as received him he gave them the right to be to become children of God and it's, it's receiving Jesus it's not it's not jumping through hoops and it's not you know trying to figure it all out and get all the nasty stuff out of your life I mean, that's right. what the Holy Spirit does in us anyway as we walk with him but it's not this difficult thing. It's, it's, a, it's a restful lifestyle walking mm. with Jesus. I say amen to that. Well, hey, let me, let me ask you a question or two. I'm just curious if, if you could share just a little bit about what you're uh, doing right now um, as the dean of the School of Ministry there at United with Christ Church. Uh, well, yeah. first of all, I did want to say something. I love, I love that name, United with Christ. It's a really cool phrase that just so beautifully defines who we are. You know, we're united with Christ. If I could be anything in the world, I want to be united with Christ. <laughs> it's what we have from the beginning. I have a friend um, right. who says your relationship with God, it doesn't end with unity in Christ. It begins there. And so, okay. so many people are thinking, you know, when Jesus comes back and when I'm in heaven and all this kind of stuff, then like we're going to be united. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be perfect. But yeah. you're united with Christ now through the perfection of what he did for you. So I just love that, man. Uh, I would just love to hear a little bit about, about you guys, about what you do. I'm so glad that that title, the name of our church and movement resonates with you because that's, it's exactly, it's fun because you can, you got it so much, you explained it. And you know, when you're a son or daughter, but your spirit has been birthed, as you said, we've been given the right to become children of God, your spirit person, your spirit, soul and body, but your spirit has been born of the father by the spirit. So you have the father's DNA, right? So we have natural DNA, but you have the father's spiritual DNA. And you, so in 2 Corinthians 5, it says you're a new creation. You're a new creature. And it's Galatians, and Galatians 6. Paul says, therefore, uh, you know, what's worth talking about is that is new creation. And he, Paul's always getting at this thing, your new creation. So he's, he's trying to get all of creation groans and waits for the revelation of the sons of God and unveiling the sons. 
you see this in Jesus. He's got, trying to get Nicodemus to catch up in John 3. Like, come on, Nicodemus. Like, unless you're born from above, you, you can't enter the kingdom, right? You got to be born of water, natural, and spirit. Otherwise, yeah. kingdom ain't going to make sense to you. Um, the wind comes and goes and where it comes from and where it goes, no one knows. So is everyone who is blown, born of the spirit. What? Right. But <laughs> when you're born of the spirit, you're influenced from another realm. Yes. And so you're, you're co-seated. Ephesians 2, 6 says you're co-seated with Christ in heavenly places. Just newsflash, you're never going to get more co-seated than you are right now. Say you're it again, man. Never going to get more co-seated than you are right now. Like, Come on. That's awesome. So, the, it, so at, here at our church, and we have several church plants and school and apostolic network and all that. And, but that's our, that's our jam. That's the main ball of wax is living life from uh, our sonship. Uh, son and daughter identity, as you said, and exploring all that that means. Uh, I had a just a huge just encounter with the Lord that started May 28th this year and, and continued on. And the Lord just said to me, he said, David, uh, you know, I'm, I just turned 32 in July. So May 28th, I had this encounter that lasted for over a month with the Lord. But on May 28th, he said to me, David, there's more things that I know about you and your new creation than the things that you know about you in 31 years of existence. And God, the father is, he's always trying to convince me more convincingly of my, of my status. Yeah, and man. Entity. And, and there's things like we love, I love strength finders. I'm a, I have like four coaching certifications. It's like over the top. So I love that whole, uh, growth process, self-discovery, all that gifts, strengths, strength finder, Marcus Buckingham. I love all that stuff. Um, but in your new creation, there's all of these things that are true about you in the spirit realm, in Christ, that are to be discovered. The Father wants to unveil them to you. You see that in Peter in Matthew 16 when Jesus, he says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father. And then he says, and I say that you are Peter. And on this rock, the rock of the revelation of Christ, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. But he's also, so as Peter discovers the reality of Christ as it's revealed to him by the father, he also simultaneously discovers his own identity, his own destiny, his own wow. self, his own, who he really is cracks open as the spirit shows him who Christ really is uh, because Christ is Jesus. Jesus is the Christ, but Christ existed before the foundations of the world. He's the embodiment of the Christ, but the Christ, the, the anointed seed of God, that, that anointed DNA is also in you, Christ in you. And so the Christ in Peter is Jesus is calling out, you are Peter. And this is, and so you see it kind of emerge at Pentecost. 3,000 people get saved. And despite Peter's recent screw up of denying Jesus, it all starts to emerge. And it's like, despite all of this like natural sort of jacked up stuff that happens in my life that makes me feel like uh, not less than Jesus, let's say, <laughs> the Christ is alive. Father's nature is alive and expressing itself. And Father wants me to discover that. And put it into action in my lifestyle. And that, that means to me, for me in that moment and May 28th, I, I really had to realize like there's conclusions I've come to about what I'm good at, what I'm bad at, what I, well, who I am, who I'm not just, you know, in everyday life that aren't the father's conclusions. Mm. 
And so I've got to unlearn some things about me in the father's context and his, his lens on me. And uh, that just, and so I, to me, that, for me, that looks like, you know, regularly, most mornings I, when I, I sit down with the father, I'm like, okay, like, what do you want to talk about? You know, what do you know about me that if I knew about me, I'd do this different. Wow. And then one one, good question. Yeah. The most powerful places happened in my life was, uh, um, in the gift with the gift of administration. So, uh, in 2012, uh, I had a ministry position and it required a ton of administration, just a ton. It was a children's church, like 300 kids in a children's church, tons of services, tons of volunteers. And I was just drowning. Like, I have a gift of prophecy. I have a gift of healing. I have, I love moving in the power. I love preaching, teaching all this stuff, but administration, this is crazy. Like there's so many moving parts here. Yeah. And I, I just don't have the gift of administration. And, and I used to joke, like I got the gift of administration when I married my wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but, but the Lord, I said that I remember just saying, like, I don't just have the, just don't have the gift of administration. And God said, you're not allowed to say that. He like sternly. Oh. Like, what? And, he began to just in little, little by little, like a breadcrumb trail, uh, lead me to a different expression of the gift of administration. And I realized that, you know, Moses had a gift of administration, but how did he have it? He had it prophetically. He mm-hmm. saw the tabernacle and all of the practices under the old covenant, the whole old covenant, all the administration of the old covenant, he saw it in the heavenly realm and then administrated it. Wow. Lord has since then led me to figure out that my gift of administration comes through the revelatory realm where I see it. He shows me, he shows me what, what he wants to do. He shows me how to, how to administrate it. Sometimes it comes as a daydream. Sometimes it just comes as a crazy harebrained idea. Sometimes it comes as all these different ways it comes to me or I hear it in conversation and I'm able to string the thoughts together. Um, But I realized that I'd always kind of categorize the gift of administration as some sort of like, um, well, 45 year old secretary, right? You know, uh, it's a church secretary who is really good at the details and all this stuff. And that's not, that's not a gift of administration at all. Maybe that's a gift of helps with someone who's detail oriented, but a gift of administration is someone who can see, it's really a gift of leadership. Someone who can see the whole big picture and how it all works together and then cause it all to flow into flourishing both for the individual and for the collective and uh but that's out of heaven that's that's something that's a kingdom thing that it flows out of heaven yeah turned that way and i i just i guess i'd always over identify the gift of administration as most people do with a personal assistant type gift mix when really it's it's more like um a governmental leadership type gift mix wow uh, and uh, so it's been really liberating now in my role now i you know um I get to to do that and I get to undo some of this toxic administration stuff. Not that we have it here, but just in general where people put their processes above the people mm. and an administration, godly kingdom, heavenly administration is always people first Come on. Pro- processes. Second, God invests in people. He doesn't invest in programs. And uh, when we get that in the right order that we want people, God's investing in sons and daughters who happen to come up with programs and processes to accomplish things, then it flows. Then God is honored and the spirit flows and fruit is produced. 
so that's been what that gift of administration rediscovering it, discovering it in the father, in me, in my own way was just one example of how I came to realize there's stuff the father knows to be true in me. Yeah. That I don't know. Cause you know, I grew up, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, forgetting my homework and teachers, you know, scolding me and kind of calling me absent-minded and coming to conclusions about me because I can't keep track of my spelling homework, you know. That kind of stuff makes you think you're not administrative. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's okay. They, they just, yeah. meant, but you'd have to unlearn that. You have to yeah. unlearn things you think about yourself to think like the father thinks about you. Wow. Wow, that's so good, man. That's so beautiful. On the what you're saying about, about administration, uh, being led by the Spirit of God and being a, a prophetic thing, I know some people think when they think prophetic, they think something mystical. They think, think something crazy. And it's not. It's just it's, it's being led by the Spirit of God to, to prophesy. It's to, to speak the mind of God, the will of God, the heart of God, to put it in simple terms. He'll, he'll show us what to do, right? He'll show us how to organize things. Even, I think that this is really cool and this is really practical, even for like personal life, administrating your family. And I think that so much of administration it's funny because the I didn't tell you about this, but I only had one question written down and it was about stewardship. But I think that so much of administration comes down to stewardship. You know, we steward mm. well what God has given us. And so that's with with ministry and or with your job, with your business, with whatever it is, but with your family and with your own life as well. Right. And I think that this gift that you're talking about, this gift of administration it's a spirit of God led thing. It's a gift of the spirit. It's a spirit of right. God empowered thing where he gives you insight and direction so that you're not just going through life aimlessly on your own, trying to figure out what right. to do here or what to do there. Like you said, you know, sometimes it'll come in a daydream. Sometimes he'll just tell you, sometimes you'll ask him something and he'll respond to you right then. Sometimes maybe he'll give you something in a dream or he'll just interrupt your thoughts as you're going through the day and he'll show you things. And the more you just tune yourself and become, you know, in tune and living that life of, of devotion with God, where you're walking with him throughout your day, not thinking like, okay, well, here's my spiritual stuff. God's right. on this side. So this is my church life and maybe right. my church friends. And this is the stuff where I read my Bible, but then like, all right, we do that. We get that. We check that box off. And then I've got business and I've got family and I've got homework and I've got whatever it is that we, we, meal preparation, all this kind of stuff. We tend to separate God from that. But if right. you invite him in, he has so much incredible insight that, like you said, David, like it's so far beyond your ability to comprehend on your own. And there are so many ways that you and I will limit ourselves and limit our productivity and limit what we expect to happen and expect God to do. We limit what we expect as far as breakthrough and just in so many areas because we keep God out of it thinking, well, this is just stuff that I have to do. But there's an invitation for you that if you'll invite the presence of the Lord into every circumstance of life and everything that you do, instead of compartmentalizing it, that he'll actually lead you and he'll begin to guide you in, in a way that's perfect. Because I guarantee you, David, whenever God gives you instruction and he tells you, this is what I want you to do in this area, it yeah. probably works, right? It does. Yeah. And it's just cr crazy. I, and I, I don't know how it will work. Right? Yeah. So that's the weirdest part. It's like, I, I have to give up my right to know how it will work before I get to know what he wants to do. So I, it's a backwards process of, okay, yeah. I don't know what to do. 
just I want to hear have your thoughts about this father. He gives me his thoughts about it. It, it does. It's not. This is the conclusion of what was going to happen. It's no. This is the first step. And I just say, okay, well, we'll see how that works out. I'll take that step. And I have enough yeah. experience to know it always works out better his way. But I've I've given up necessarily knowing the end product. And I love what you said about compartmentalization. And uh, that was something the Lord spoke to me as well about. He was like, I want to integrate all the areas of your life. And I love it. Uh, he meant was, you know, you know, if you see a coaching wheel of life, like you get your family life, because it's like you, you laid that out. And, and just seeing that stuff all come together and all flow together. It's all in the kingdom. Um, and often it's in the overlap of categories, like mm. um, family and church overlap or wow. finances and recreation life overlap. It's in the overlap that we, you'll see the God do the ridiculous and the miraculous. So um, like, so many times you'll see somebody they've got their family life and then they start, they start like a Bible study with their kids and the kids have this Bible study. And then all of a sudden start other families start bringing their kids to the Bible study. And all of a sudden you're ministering to families hmm. through your ministering, your family. And it evolves into this organic thing. Why? Well, because it's in the overlap church life and family life. There's so a good. unique expression. We, we often try to like, like you said, we think approach our life with a box ask God about that box and then ask God about the next box. And God's word is with both boxes sort of, <laughs> and he wants to do a blend. Yeah. And blends out many times blends taste better. And so <laughs> was that love it. I really like. I want to go back to another thing that you said a few minutes back. The Lord is always just reminding you about who you are. You know, he's always reminding you about your new nature I love what Romans 8, 15 and 16 says that we've received the spirit of adoption by whom mm -hmm. we cry out, Abba, Father, the spirit himself bearing, bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Yeah. And, you know, I think that people can have this idea that God's out to get them. I know one of the reasons that I struggled to hear God's voice for a while, it had to do with my, really my concept of, of myself and the way the father looked at me. Because I would always think, um, well, God's going God's gonna to speak to me to correct me or rebuke me. And so that was always my expectation. It was always like, you know, my, my heavenly father, when, when I come to him and he speaks, it's always going to be this thing because my, my focus was so much on the things that I was messing up, you know, and on my failures. And that's condemnation. That's not how the spirit of God leads us ever. He doesn't, it's not in his playbook. He doesn't lead us through yeah. condemnation ever. He will convict us, but that's him like leading us into something better. It's him looking at your life and saying, hold on, you're way too awesome to be acting like this because I've got something that's so much better for you. It's not connecting my mistakes to my identity and saying, this is who you are. That's not how God does it because that's not who you are because Jesus already dealt with that. You okay. know? And again, like back to what you said, you have a new nature in Christ. And so the work of the spirit of God in us he bears witness. He brings agreement on the inside of us with the reality that we are sons and daughters of God. And right. so as you see this area in your life where you're just like, oh, I'm just not good at that. God's like, hold on a second. You're actually not allowed to say that because yeah. this is not about you. This is about, this is a gift of my spirit and my spirit lives inside of you. And so if there's an area 
where maybe you're struggling in or you want to grow in or something like that. Just recognize the spirit of God who lives inside of you. He knows all things and he's bigger than you are and he's good. So you can like just, you can put your confidence in him. You don't have to walk around saying, this is my spiritual gift and just kind of get locked into one area. I mean, I think it's great if God is highlighting a particular gifting upon your life, whether it's for healing or for administration or for whatever it is. But at the same time, recognize that the one who encompasses every single spiritual gift, he lives inside of you. And so he can empower you to grow in those areas. I just keep coming back to it, man. Just the, the issue of our sonship, or, mm. and daughtership i don't I think that's a word but with the father our relationship our, <laughs> our, yeah i just don't want to leave anybody out um, our relationship with the father it's so foundational for for everything that we do i love that and and i think that that's a real secret for people for mature people um because you know i'll be honest with you duke having experienced god give me breakthrough solutions um, for how to organize and run and lead stuff. It's, it's, it's a high. It's like, it's the same high you have when you, you, you get someone healed or when you get an accurate word of knowledge or you prophesy and the person gets totally whacked by God. The high of seeing and hearing the father's plan and putting into action and the fruit being born from it, it's a high. And, and I always want that again, you know, but there's a temptation the more levels of detail of revelation and, and breakthrough you get is a temptation to make the relationship with God all about that, all about Ooh, the product. Come on. And coming back to realize that no, the purpose of hearing the father is to grow in a relationship. This is a mm. conversation. So I'm conversing to connect first. And from there, all this other cool stuff happens. So, and, and just as I've been doing this, you know, hearing God's voice um, now for 24, yeah, well, I'm 32. I started hearing God's voice at eight. Hearing God's voice is about connecting and relating. So I'm conversing to connect with the Father, and He's conversing to connect with me. Mm. And so that re- coming back to that all the time is how growth continues to happen, and He can entrust you with you with more details, more revelation, more cool stuff. The more that the relationship is uh, uh, healthy and growing. Wow. And- and that's the focus. People say uh, God might be silent or might not talk to you or whatever season. I don't believe that. I just believe that God is always generous with a conversation about our relationship. He's always mm. generous with a conversation that's focused around connecting together. Um, and when I just, if I can't hear him about something, then I just, I talk to him about just us. And he always has more to say there. Um, the other thing that his voice is always aimed at his, his, his voice isn't aimed at um, success. His voice is aimed at maturity. And wow. so God's talking to me in a way that's going to grow me into greater levels of maturity. And so I find when I'm new at something, he's talking to me all the time about it in detail of how to do it. But when I'm really adept at something, we've been doing it for a long time, he might not talk to me at all. It's more of like a a father who sits back like this and just is like smiling at me like you go son I know you got that <laughs> that's awesome that will do it for part one of my interview with Pastor David Hoflane make sure you tune in next week for part two and the conclusion of this interview with David believe me there's a lot more to come that episode will be available next Monday 6am Eastern 5am Central but of course you can check it out anytime after that 
on my website, simplepowerpodcast.com or wherever you normally get your podcasts. If this episode blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing it with somebody that you know that you think could benefit from it as well. For now, I pray that you have an awesome and blessed week. See you next time.